Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything, even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for a limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, everybody? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Friday, April 16th. A great podcast ahead I spoke with Steve Lavin, the former UCLA and St. John's coach, a real sharp analytical mind. If you're interested in becoming a future coach in basketball, this is mandatory listening. Also, just life stories and life in general. Lavin is a very smart man, a great announcer for Fox Sports, and uh, I think you're going to really like Coach Lavin. Before we get to that, I thought we'd spend a few minutes briefly Chopping up the LaMarcus Aldridge retirement, a stunning uh, retirement on Thursday morning. LaMarcus Aldridge played Saturday in that Nets-Lakers game. We talked about it a bit on Monday's podcast. And then he didn't play for a couple games, and it's because he they developed a irregular heartbeat. And Aldridge abruptly retired at the age of 35. I know it's a little bit young. He's probably still got a year or two left in the tank, but... You know, overwhelmingly, the talk quickly becomes anytime a star retires, and yes, LaMarcus Aldridge was a star, the question becomes like, oh, well, how do you handicap his uh, history and um, 
stature and is he a Hall of Famer? And I'm just going to get this out of the way quickly and early. Just because he played in Portland and San Antonio, don't disregard him, okay? This is a problem we do in the NBA all the time. We talked to Mar DeRozan, Reggie Miller earlier this week. DeRozan played in Canada and San Antonio. And when you play in an outpost, unless you're like a finals MVP, like a Tim Duncan in San Antonio, or Tony Parker, or you're a historically great six man like Manu Ginobili, who also was like a global star given what he did in the Olympics, um, you get forgotten. And I'm just going to put some numbers out here for you that's probably going to surprise you. LaMarcus Aldridge for his career averaged 19 and 8. He has never made the finals, um, which obviously is going to be a mark against him. Um, what you know, making the finals is a team thing, and Portland was close a bunch, but never could get over the hump. He got to San Antonio, and has produced well there for four years. I mean, twenty three and eight, twenty one and nine, like those are not numbers to scoff at. And Lamarcus Aldridge, folks, this is the one that jumped out at me. All NBA, five times. All NBA is basically saying you were the best, second best, or third best at your position in the league. And I don't want to pick on Reggie Miller. He only got three all NBA recognitions in his career, never first or second team. Okay? LaMarcus Aldridge has a better resume than a lot of people you probably think he doesn't have a better one. Three times All-NBA third team. Twice All-NBA second team. Folks, Kevin Love has only been All-NBA twice. And, oh, by the way, LaMarcus Aldridge, 15 NBA seasons. Kevin Love, 13. Aldridge has been in the playoffs far more than Love, and I know Love had some injuries. But we think of Kevin Love as this member. Oh, he joined a super team with LeBron. Uh, Really? (laughs) You know, Kevin Love was super on a bad team. And I'm not going after Kevin Love, really nice player. But LaMarcus Aldridge had a better career than him without a shadow of a doubt. And I know Aldridge wasn't a three-point shooter. And this is another thing to bring up the Reggie Miller-DeRozan. Like, DeRozan is dinged because he wasn't a three-point guy in the three-point era. Aldridge never became the stretch uh, four or stretch five that a lot of other bigs did. Uh, Rob G., I think undeniably... LaMarcus Aldridge is a Hall of Famer. Do you agree? I do. Um, and I, I'm surprised you brought up Kevin Love because I had someone that I in mind while you were speaking that I think maybe is not an apples-to-apples comparison, but I think is an interesting comparison, and that would be Chris Bosh. <laughs> that was the next guy I had. Oh, see? Great minds think alike. Um, you know, Chris Bosh has more all-star appearances. He has the rings from going to Miami. But if you were to stack their careers up statistically, I think Aldridge hasn't beat. He and Bosch only made All NBA second team once. Once. So, I mean, I know that we are in the rings culture, where if you know if you count the rings, if you don't have them, then you know it's it's a big demerit on your record. But Lamarcus Aldridge was very, very, very good for a long time, and he just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And in that case, it was Portland during the height of the Western Conference bloodbath. You know, he he got the tail end of Kobe and Powell. He got the start of OKC with KD, Harden, and Westbrook. You know, he by the time he had a consistent running mate, because, you know, he was with Brandon Roy before Brandon Roy's yes. knees gave out. 
he had a young Dame Lillard. And not, you know, Dame was good or very good right in the start, but he was not the Dame Dollar that we know now. So, you know, it's just tough. And then he got he goes to San Antonio and he's blocked by the Golden State Warriors with KD, Steph, and Clay. So he's he's a victim of circumstance in that regard as far as to uh, getting the rings, but his career was very impressive, and um, I would definitely vote him for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, this idea that you can just take guys and say, oh, Chris Bosh, he's a Hall of Famer, you got a bunch of rings. Like, um, Chris Bosh was phenomenal in Toronto and could never uh, get the Raptors over the hump, so he goes to Miami and, I don't know, was what was he, third, fourth best player on some of those teams? He definitely was not better than LeBron, definitely was not better than Wade, and, you know, I'm sure some people would argue that, uh, you know, Ray Allen was more important than Chris Bosh to an extent. Um, uh, Chris Bosh was a great player, and that's the problem, Rob. When we say, oh, yeah, LaMarcus Soldiers had a better career than Bosh, had a better career than Kevin Love, people will say, no, 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 he doesn't have any rings. Like, that's just, that's not how it works. And if you're going to be reductive like that, uh, you know, and make the conversation dumber, I, I don't want to be in the conversation with you. I was going to try to compare LaMarcus Soldiers to a guy like Kevin McHale, who was always second best, maybe third best player on those Bird Celtics teams. But the cross era is very challenging. Is that too much of a reach on my behalf, Rob? Uh, well, the cross era is one, but the other thing I think is tough to compare is that you're the McHale was part of one of like the all time great teams in NBA history. So it's it's a really tough comparison. At least, you know, even with Love and Bosch, even though they have rings. I don't think anybody's ever going to argue that those Cavs teams or those Heat teams are all-time great teams. They just happen to win a championship. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so uh, is there a better comp for LaMarcus Aldridge? Like, this one's going to hurt. Um, better career, Chris Webber or LaMarcus Aldridge? Oh, my goodness. Um and that, that's a really tough one because, listen, C-Webb has a, uh, a place. Oh, my goodness. They both played 15 seasons. Weber, 10 playoffs. Aldridge, 9. Aldridge has a slight edge in All-Star games. All-NBA first team, C-Webb, 1. All-NBA total, C-Webb, 5. Aldridge, 5. Thank goodness I can say, whew, Chris Weber. He's got it. He's got the edge. I, I would lean Chris Webber, and that's only because as a Laker fan, I saw a lot of Chris Webber in the playoffs, and those teams awesome. I will go to my deathbed saying are the greatest teams to never win a championship. Yeah, Webber averaged 20-9, and nine, which is better than Aldridge's 19-8. and eight. Webber, this is where he has him. He was one of the best passing big men. Four assists per game, more steals, more blocks. Yeah, that's a no comparison. Webber, and Webber, by the way, ooh, Webber is not in the Hall of Fame. No, he's so not. So maybe Aldridge has a uphill climb. Oh, that's not good news for Aldridge. Well, you know, a lot of this stuff is politics. Because, you know, if we were to just do it on merit, I mean, they let everybody into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, Trace, I think Trace are you in, there? in the Hall uh, of Fame. I, I, I think I, I, I got in as a contributor like two years okay. ago. Good. But I'm looking to get in again later as like a media member. That'd be uh, nice. By the way, T-Mac, you know, one of my all-time favorite players. I just need to put that out there. Um, <laughs> not, not above C-Web, but he's certainly up there. Um, T-Mac loved him. So, uh, anyways, we just wanted to give some props briefly to LaMarcus Aldridge, who retired at the age of 35. I'm curious, Rob, do you think this hurts, helps, no impact to the Nets' um, uh, attempted run at the title? I'll tell you what, this isn't a popular opinion, but um, I think it may actually help them. 
And the reason being is we talked about this ad nauseum on the pod a few weeks back. What the Nets don't need is offense. Like they have plenty of offense. They need defense. And they're only what I think would be a, a good defender in the postseason. Like for, you know, they do a lot of switching is Nick Claxton. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, DJ is good with the bigger bodies, which you're going to see with Embiid. You know, if you get to the finals with uh, Anthony Davis, you're going to need a big body. But they switch so much that you need a, a mobile big man. And their only real mobile guy is Nick Claxton. I think that Blake Griffin and Jeff Green can do a lot of the pick and pop stuff that Aldridge is doing. So I don't think they're going to really miss him on the offensive end. And so I think it may be a little bit of addition by subtraction just because it thins out the rotation a little bit. And they, they had too many guys to play anyways for those spots. Yeah, I'm largely with you on that. I would you you want to make the argument that Aldridge adds a veteran leadership voice to what is otherwise a very young team, but Kevin Durant is a veteran and he's won multiple rings, MVP, Finals MVP. I, I do wonder though, is are they going to miss Lamarcus Aldridge taking the temperature down in the locker room? Should there be a Kyrie Harden? Kyrie Durant, any kind of tiff in that locker room. And I know a lot of people are saying, you're a hater, that's not happening. I can almost guarantee you there will be some incident there. And then who are you going to lean on? You've got a rookie coach in Steve Nash. You've got a guy in Blake Griffin who's really just along for the ride. Um, I don't think you can say a Joe Harris is going to step up in the locker room and say, listen, everybody, you know, uh, TLC ain't pounding the table. Landry Shamit, not happening. So I don't... I do wonder, like Aldridge didn't have a ring, but this is a 35-year-old veteran who, a respected player in the league, like he could have been that guy. Hey, hey, guys, we all have a goal here to win a title. And people would listen. Does that sell you at all that they will miss Aldridge a little bit? Oh, yeah, in that regard, absolutely. And, and you know, history tells us that with all of those guys, including Kevin Durant, that they're not exactly the best leaders, you know, in the NBA. I mean... Mike D'Antoni is famous for refusing to preach defense, even though, according to multiple players on those Suns teams, hey, you know, maybe we should do this differently. And he's like, no, this is what we do. You know, Steve Nash, from what we've been told, he's not really a coach, right? He's not what Kyrie Irving said. He's, you know, he's a coach in name. He's just kind of there, but he's not really a coach. So as far as leadership, of course, but I think that if they don't get to where they're going to go, I think it's going to have less to do with leadership and more to do with their defensive shortcomings. I don't I don't disagree. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, former UCLA coach Steve Lavin. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. 
You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire one of the really good guys in sports media. He's on the all-hair team among the announcers. The youngest 56-year-old looking guy I've ever seen in my life. He is Steve Lavin, former UCLA and St. John's coach. Lav, how you doing, man? Terrific. Appreciate that very kind, generous introduction, (laughs) but I'll take it. Listen, when I'm walking the halls of Fox and I see Coach Lavin, he's always smiling, always in a good mood. People are always laughing around him. He's like kind of has this gravitational pull. 
And um, I, I love hearing you announce games. I always feel like I'm learning something. Listen to, to you, Coach. I appreciate that. You try as a broadcaster, like any craft, to get better and, um, you know, improve and elevate performance. And that's what, as a coach, we expect from our players. But I also think coaches need to lead by example. And that's still, in my view, the most powerful form of teaching whether you're a parent, a coach, or you're in the classroom teaching is leading by example. So I do try and, you know, be prepared and uh, deliver something that's entertaining, but also informative. So I appreciate that element of feeling as though you're learning something, because that's one of the objectives of broadcasting, but also to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, before we get to your background, which I love your high school story and y- prominent youth athlete in Marin County, I, I-, I want to ask, how was being on the road for the NCAA tournament? You-, you were gone for four months? Well, I left the day before Thanksgiving from the Bay Area, San Francisco, Northern California, where I currently reside. And I spent a month in Charlotte at our Fox studios uh, in that part of the country. And with calling games off the monitor, which was a new experience, but improved, you know, with each week, got a greater comfort level. Everyone has to adjust and adapt because of COVID-19 and the various protocols. And then I came back to Los Angeles for a couple months and stayed right down the street uh, from our Fox studios and then went to Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament and spent a couple weeks there before returning a week or so ago now to the Bay Area. So, yeah, it was the longest road trip uh, in my life, four months uh, away from home. So it was nice to get back in my own bed and uh, in the neighborhood, uh, back in the routines of the off season. Yeah. Uh, how was that bubble? I, I, I've i talked to a couple people who were in it. They said, it, you know, it wasn't as bad as it sounds. But I'm assuming for you, going North Carolina, L.A. bubble, it was a little bit of a longer journey. Yeah, it's just one of those scenarios. Again, you kind of go back to the idea of leading by example. And one of the you know, key elements in competitive sports is being able to adapt or adjust. And, you know, as a broadcaster and, you know, the people that we work with, uh, we all have to, you know, use our ingenuity and resourcefulness and um, and make the best of situations and to be grateful that uh, we get to work in this industry and try and lift people's spirits uh, through the work that we do in broadcasting. So um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, uh, it's not a heavy lift. If you put it, you know, on scale with people defending our freedoms overseas or real struggles uh, in our country and beyond. But uh, there is that aspect that um, you do have to adjust. And so, um, I think one of the big keys is listening, you know, what we're doing here, having a conversation. And as you know, that's so important in any aspect of life. So listening to our producers, our directors, uh, listening to the other talent you're working with. If I'm in studio with Donnie Marshall or Rob Stone or uh, Kevin Burkhart, Jimmy Jackson, Casey Jacobson, it's, you know, listening to one another um, is really the key. That's how you engage. It's where you take your cues from. And um, I was fortunate to have parents really emphasize listening because my father was an educator and uh, my mother was a teacher in the home. And then obviously 
uh, in her professional life, uh, she had to be a good listener. She was in human resources in corporate America. So both my parents really, at a young age, instilled the, the value of listening and, and the virtue that listening is uh, really the gateway to information and knowledge. And, and so uh, for me, during this COVID situation, um, I've just tried to amplify even more uh, that aspect of listening. Yeah, well, we've only got two young kids here in our house. You grew up, I believe the number I read was one of six. <laughs> um, I'm assuming listening, listen, it's a tough challenge when you've got an eight and a 10-year-old here. They're vying for our time. What was it like growing up in, in a family, a lot of, lot of siblings and you know parents who w- were very uh, busy, I would assume. It sounds like your dad was quite the coach uh, and player growing up. Yeah, he was a lifelong you know, educator and a lifelong learner, uh, even after he retired from teaching. His subjects were English and literature, philosophy and poetry. He authored 17 books on writing and composition, uh, taught at Cal Berkeley. He started the Barry Writing Project, which began at Cal, and it was bringing yeah. teachers to a college campus and kind of reteaching those teachers, uh, sharpening their acts, their writing and thinking. So that when they so when they return to the classroom, they elevate the students' experiences. And um, he launched that co-founder, co-director in the late 60s, early 70s. There's now 250 writing centers throughout the country, but that was where it all began was at Cal. And he also taught at San Francisco State, College of Marin, Dominican, all these Northern California schools, Drake High School as well. So uh, I was fortunate to have outstanding parents who were really interested and engaged, but it was challenging with six children. I was the sixth, uh, the baby of the family. So I did a lot of observing, you know, you're mm-hmm. watching and listening uh, because there's theater uh, going on in a home when you've got five older siblings. And um, so it did teach me a lot about observation and, and uh, learning some of the good traits, but also realizing maybe I got to go down a different path in some cases <laughs> than my uh, older brothers. But uh, but that's what makes a family. And of course, you know, when you're the youngest, you're battling the older siblings and you turned out to be a pretty damn awesome basketball player in high school. I read that you guys went over your junior and senior years, 77 and one and won a state championship. Uh, I assume you were, you know, the, the leader of the team, right? Captain, I'm assuming. And what position were you in all that fun stuff? Yeah, for starters, I'll take those extra 12 wins. But there, but just for accuracy's sake, we were 65 and one uh, over those two years. And I believe it was, you know, 58 straight wins. And uh, we were 31 and one my junior year and then 34 and oh, my senior year. Uh, I actually was a very, you know, average, uh, small college prospect. I ended up going to San Francisco State. And when my coach left San Francisco State after my sophomore year, he went down to Chapman, now Chapman University. It was Chapman College when I attended it back in the 80s. Uh, Kevin Wilson was my college coach. And so I ended up finishing at Chapman. And um, But the high school team, you know, we, we didn't have one superstar. There wasn't a Carmelo Anthony or a Jason Kidd. But we had players that went to Santa Clara, uh, to Portland, to Utah, San Luis Obispo, San Francisco State. So we did have seven or eight Sam Houston State as well. Uh, and so it was a, a really a team that had been together for a long time. 
and, you know, the nucleus had played together in CYO basketball and, uh, you know, through junior high and into high school. We had an outstanding coach named Pete Hayward. And I think that did play a part in me wanting to coach because we were so successful in high school. And when you're around that degree of success and championships, uh, instill some confidence that, you know, maybe you can do this uh, for a career after playing. And that's why I chose coaching. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, you know, your your group in high school had been together for a while. And when you contrast that with what's happening in college basketball now with the whole transfer market happening and exploding, um, I, I do wonder, are, are we going to see some clunky fits? Because a guy like, let's take Johnny Juzang, who blew up in the tournament. He initially had gone to Kentucky, didn't really work out for him. He transfers to UCLA. They had, I believe, another transfer starter. And, you know, we saw Baylor, I think three transfers in the starting lineup, four of their top eight were transfers. And I just, I'm just curious, as a coach, how difficult do you think it is to go from, hey, we have a group playing together forever, you know, versus, hey, let's get in a bunch of transfers, 21, 22-year-olds, and let's make something happen? Well, for starters, the key is whether a player is in school for four years at one university or he goes to a junior college for a couple of years, mm. transfers in to a four-year school, or if he's a grad transfer that comes in, or a transfer that comes in, sits out a full year, and then is deemed eligible, the gifts, the talent uh, is critical. So I remember Coach Wooden used to say he'd rather have young players that didn't have experience but had talent than experienced players that were upperclassmen but didn't have talent. And so at the end of it, it starts with good personnel. And then it's on the coach to organize that personnel, to build team chemistry, uh, to get them to play in a cohesive manner, both offensively and defensively. And I think coaches, because of the frequency of transfers, they're improving in regard to how to work with a group of players that haven't been together and don't have that continuity piece. Um, ideally, you know, 25 years ago, uh, you know, 20 years ago, we had a group that would come in as freshmen and they would matriculate through their eligibility. And as a senior or that senior class or that group of juniors and seniors would make their runs. When I look at my career, uh, our greatest seasons, both as an assistant coach and when we won the national championship in 1995 at UCLA, we had outstanding seniors, Tyus Edney, George Zedek, and Ed O'Bannon. Uh, when we went to an Elite Eight, in my first year as the head coach at UCLA, we had outstanding seniors, Cameron Dollar, uh, Charles O'Bannon, and then our junior class had J.R. Henderson, Toby Bailey, Chris Johnson. So upperclassmen and experience is when you win championships or you make deep runs in the tournament if you've recruited at a high level and they have great personnel. The worst scenario is to have older players that don't have talent, uh, especially at the power of six level because yeah. you're not going to have a job very long. And it's a fine line because, you know, if you're older and you have talent, well, why aren't you in the NBA? You know, that's like the perception sticking around hurts you. Um, I am curious though, where do you think we're headed with the one and done versus transfers? Because, you know, we had a couple guys on here, Casey Jacobson, Fran Fraschilla, Jay Billis. They all seem to be on the, listen, transfers right now are hotter than give me a top 10 freshman coming in because those guys are thinking I got to get to the NBA after one season. And we saw in the tournament, a lot of the 
awesome freshman, the kid Moody uh, from Arkansas, Cade Cunningham. It's difficult for one young star to carry a team against a bunch of 21, 22-year-old guys. It's true. You know, Jalen Suggs came pretty close yes. to <laughs> perfection uh, with a 31-1 and record, not losing until the championship game against Baylor. Uh, but Baylor did have some grizzled veterans, and uh, their speed and quickness, length and talent, and cohesiveness, intelligence. Uh, sometimes, you know, the backhand compliment is they're great athletes. It's almost damning them with faint praise because, <laughs> you know, this Baylor team was more than good athletes. Uh, they're tied together you know, defensively and offensively, their skill, you know, shooting over 40% for the season from the three-point line. They knocked down 10 threes in that championship game against Gonzaga, and they played some lockdown defense, just completely disrupted, discombobulated, unnerved Gonzaga in a manner that no other team had until that championship game because Gonzaga hadn't faced a team that quick, that tough, uh, that had the defensive prowess. And I also think Baylor that night played with a chip on their shoulder, something to prove because everyone had assumed that Gonzaga was going to go ahead and have that undefeated perfect season for the first time since Indiana did it in 1975-76 under Bobby Knight. But I do think this trend is here to stay, uh, unless there's legislation that is created by the NCAA, and I don't think that's going to happen. They may tweak or modify, but not a dramatic overhaul of the graduate transfer rule and the transfer you know, portal, uh, it is what it is. So I really think it's about, you know, how coaches adapt and adjust like that theme we were talking about earlier. Uh, that's one of the keys to success in any industry, in any aspect of life. And um, so, you know, building team chemistry, creating that harmony, uh, those are going to be key elements. Uh, but this generation is accustomed to it because, you know, there's such a degree of frequency of playing for different youth league teams and then different high school teams, different AAU summer program teams. And so really for this generation, it's business as usual. You know, you go to a school and if it's not a good fit, you transfer to another school and uh, then you maybe transfer to a third school. We're seeing that more frequently. And that is counter to the generation that I grew up in where it was, you see it through, and unless there's some dramatic cause for transferring, that it's better to kind of finish what you began. Uh, but I'm not passing judgments or trying to be one of those curmudgeons yeah. that, um, <laughs> you know, doesn't understand young people today because I completely understand them. I've spent my entire life working with young people. But I do think the psychology aspect of coaching is going to be more important than ever before. Flexible in your thinking, flexible in your approach. And being able to adapt, John Wooden, when he was at UCLA, took a psychology class every spring. He was at UCLA 27 years. He would audit the class, sit in on these lectures that the top psychology teachers at UCLA were teaching. And the reason he did that was he was getting older, but he knew he was continuing to coach the same age group. And he had coached GI Bill guys that came back from World War II. He was in the service himself. I was in the Navy. Uh, he also coached you know, during Vietnam, during civil rights, uh, during the Korean War. And so the sexual revolution, uh, the drug experimentation, all the things that were going on, but what allowed Coach Wooden 
to continue to have success was he understood psychology. People were really the key to coaching. And that was pretty progressive. Uh, Coach Wooden was a trailblazer, uh, but he was interested in all aspects of life and interested in the people he worked with, interested in trends in the game, uh, interested in the spiritual path in terms of his life. And uh, matter of fact, the last time I visited Coach Wooden in 2010, shortly before he passed, he was 99 years old and he was doing a deep dive on all world religions. And I thought that's so emblematic of this coach that has a sensational appetite to learn and was always, you know, in that growth mindset. Uh, there's so many buzzwords we hear about today when it comes to, you know, those aspects. But uh, he was living that for for 99 years, just short of his 100th birthday when we lost him on June 4th of 2010. But uh, his legacy lives on because he was a coach, a teacher, a parent that was engaged and interested in young people and trying to put them on a positive trajectory for life beyond sport, you know, really teaching life skills, the attributes, the traits, the characteristics that it takes to be successful, uh, not only in sport, but beyond sport. Yeah, we're grappling with that problem now. We have a fourth grader and a second grader. And, you know, Coach, you, um, uh, you know, you, you, I guess you got to St. John's, UCLA. The internet had popped, but now what the parents are dealing with is these uh, iPads and Roblox and video games to an extent where, you know, Coach, we got my son's friends show up at the house with their backpack with an iPad in it, and they're like, hey, can we game? I'm like, that's the new hangout. And, you know, trying to understand why on earth the kids are doing this, my wife and I are like looking at each other like, this this is friends hanging out? Like, uh, you know, we're constantly learning the new stuff. Like, I, I'm stunned in college basketball when I see a guy like Mac McClung, a highly touted recruit, goes to Georgetown, transfers, goes to Texas Tech, transfers. I mean, it, it, I, it's tough for me to understand some of the stuff that's happening at the rate that it's happening. Yeah, and I think – you hit the nail on the head right there with that last part of your thought, which is the speed, the rate, the pace. And I think, you know, there are still certain universals, uh, ABCs or kind of fundamentals, keys to life, uh, like listening and attention to detail, preparation, you know, being a good teammate, uh, being other directed in terms of, you know, selflessness, and generosity. I mean, those things uh, are still important, uh, but I do agree the challenge now for coaches, teachers, and parents, and leaders is working with the generation that is accustomed to the bombardment of message and electronics and uh, the 24-hour you know, news cycle <laughs> and all the different um, tools, right? that this generation comes up with. And then you have people that are older of a different generation uh, that move at a different pace and didn't grow up, didn't come out of the womb uh, attached to a uh, cord uh, like uh, like an iPhone. Uh, but uh, as a metaphor, you know, it's just completely different. And so I think, again, how quickly people can adjust and adapt, but also hold on to and continue to teach and instill the right values and virtues that will sustain young people, regardless of their generation, regardless of how quickly they're moving, because uh, we know, you know, those lessons 
um, are are valuable forever. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a fine line. I, I'd like to say that as a coach, you know, what I tried to do was kind of create a fresh and original presentation of old school values and virtues. Mm. Uh, but you had to meet, you know, younger people where they are. And they're still going to see me as an old timer. But if I'm thinking of fresh and original ways to engage and to teach and to inform and also to allow them to inform me, because I think young people have a powerful kind of profound way of teaching us if we're open to it. You know, and that gets back to a flexibility, uh, humility and a certain kind of mindset. And I think that is going to be as important as X's and O's and technical knowledge uh, that coaches have. Uh, They're going to also need this other dimension more than ever. And that goes back to Coach Wooden, who's old school. And yet there he was taking a psychology class because he was interested, uh, because he was searching for better, uh, more elevated ways to teach young people. And it's also what led to a run of 10 out of 12 seasons with a national championship, yeah. four undefeated seasons, 88 straight wins. And uh, interestingly, you know, his first 16 years at UCLA, uh, he wasn't successful. It was his last 12 years. Then he retired, you know, 53 years old, he won his first championship. And then he retired at 65 years old, 12 years later with 10 championships. Uh, but he was a work in progress. You know, he started in high school, at Dayton, Kentucky, uh, as an English teacher and a coach. Then he was at South Bend Central High School in Indiana as a teacher and a coach. Then he was at Indiana State, which was a teacher's college at that point. And then he had the 27-year run at UCLA before retiring. And he also was in the service, um, which shaped him and his sensibilities yeah. and the prismer lens that he looked at the world through in a powerful way. But uh, he was someone that continued to improve upon his coaching style and his methods and uh, adapting his philosophy so that he could have the most dominant run in the history of sport. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the tire decision guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. 
or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm curious, when you were recruiting players, either UCLA, St. John's, how how difficult was it to decipher who had those fundamental values and that understanding and the flexibility because listen, we're, you're dealing with teenagers here, right? So it must have been a little difficult to discern. I think this guy can be molded into a good fit on our team versus he seems unyielding and unflexible. How difficult was it to to gauge that? Well, number one, depending where you coach, you know, I think that d- goes a long way to determining and dictating, you know, the type of person that you recruit. In other words, if I was working at a Division two school, you know, I'm looking at a different talent pool. If I'm in the Ivy League, uh, that's a different talent pool in terms of finding a fit, like a good marriage uh, with the prospect and his particular talents and a university and their mission and aims and the culture of that university. Um, at Purdue, in the Big Ten, where I got my coaching start, at UCLA, out west, and then at St. John's, you know, those three universities, you know, 
the objective is clear. It's to win big. And so you go out and you're looking for the best talent in the world. You know, George Zedek was from the Czech Republic. Uh, Orlando Sanchez uh, was from the Dominican. You know, Marco Borgo was from Paris, uh, from France. So, you know, we went all over the world uh, at UCLA and St. John's in particular. Purdue, we recruited more players in the Midwest. And then occasionally we get a junior college player like Chucky White from El Camino in Los Angeles. But, um, and then, you know, you, there's the physical aspect, you know, we were looking for, you know, quickness, skill, uh, basketball acumen, you know, basketball IQ. Uh, you know, I wanted on the intangible side, great listeners, quick learners, um, and we were fortunate that we were able to identify, you know, good personnel and then engage. And that's where you start to learn more, you know, back to being interested through spending time, through communicating early. It was through writing letters and phone calls, you know, but when I came back to coaching at St. John's, it was about DMing and <laughs> all the social media and uh, more unofficial visits where they wanted to come to campus, hang out in your office and be around you. Uh, in an informal way, not where you're making a recruiting pitch or presentation. You know, in the old days, we'd go in the home with a three-wing binder. We'd make a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> we had a video to play. And uh, now today, younger people just want to spend time around you. So uh, when they came on a on an official visit, you know, we'd spend time in Soho and Tribeca and Brooklyn yeah. and, uh, you know, go to an art exhibit. Uh, listen to some jazz. Uh, so it's so different. Go for a walk in Central Park uh, as opposed to when I was at Purdue or UCLA and we recruited in a more official presentation yeah. manner. I guess I would wrap up with this, Coach. Where do you think College Hoops is headed? I know there's a lot of talk about letting the high school guys jump to the pros. Uh, obviously, we discussed the transfer market, but... Uh, you know, college, I don't want to say that the heyday was when you coached. I mean, I love college hoops more than anything in like the late 80s and the 90s. I felt like the sport was just, it was like you had more better players, better basketball. I don't hate it now, of course. I still love the tournament. But it seems like college basketball is at something of a crossroads, right? We just saw Roy Williams retire. Indiana can't seem to figure out what they're doing. Um, Coach K, I believe, is 74. Um, I, what, what What's the immediate future of college hoops? I think, you know, college basketball uh, will remain, you know, viable and a popular sport. And I think March Madness still be one of the great sporting events in the world right there with Super Bowl and World Series, World Cup, Olympics, Little League World Series. I love the NCAA tournament uh, because for three weeks, we've got so many compelling stories. And even if you're not a basketball fan, uh, you can follow March Madness and draw inspiration from it. Um, I think the game's in good shape, but no doubt it's going to take leadership to use ingenuity and resourcefulness and creativity um, to be able to build upon its great tradition and also to remain viable and attractive to the best talent in the world because there are other options now, viable options, uh, these new leagues that are providing opportunities for players while they're in high school to generate revenue, uh, to be under contract. And then, you know, prep schools 
And then right out of high school, there are options. Uh, you know, we see with, uh, with the ball family, you know, they've been trailblazers in terms of exploring all the different options and uh, different routes to ultimately reach the dream, which is to compete in the NBA at the highest level. Uh, there didn't used to be as many alternative paths mm -hmm. to the NBA. Now there are. And so it can't just be that old school curmudgeon mindset of if they don't want to come to college, then they're not meant to be here. Or, you know, if they don't want to stay four years, they shouldn't come to college. I don't think you can have that mindset because the key is to have an inclusive approach. And there's still going to be players that choose to go overseas and then go to the NBA or, or decide while they're in high school, uh, the option to begin training like an Olympic athlete to go straight to the NBA and bypass college. Uh, obviously there's going to be certain age limitations and whatnot. Uh, but I think the NCAA uh, leadership, USA basketball, the national association of basketball coaches and uh, Dan Gavitt, who's an outstanding leader overseas NCAA's men's basketball championships. Uh, they have to continue to enhance and protect what's great, you know, about college basketball, but also build and continue to make it the most viable, attractive options. And then if people choose to go elsewhere or choose a different path, we respect that. Uh, but that way you don't run into the potential scenario of uh, college not being the most attractive option uh, for the best basketball players in the world. You know, just yeah. think if we had that mindset, you know, years ago, and as a result, Magic and Bird didn't go to college. You know, then yeah. we never would have had the rebirth in terms of popularity of college basketball. Uh, Bird initially signed to Indiana. The school felt too big for him. I don't think Bobby Knight really got to see him play much. Probably wouldn't have let him get away. He transfers <laughs> to Indiana State. Yeah. And Magic goes to Michigan State. The two meet in the national championship game in 78. And then they go to the NBA and they have – another you know dramatic effect on that league in terms of its popularity they basically resuscitated the nba and that was just two players so you know who's the larry bird or the magic johnson of you know this generation that's right now in sixth grade or eighth grade and you want to make sure that college basketball is still attractive enough to get enough isaiah thomas's Charles Barkley's, Larry yeah. Burr's, Magic Johnson's, Carmelo Anthony's, uh, Mike Bibby's, and uh, Jalen Suggs. Because yeah. if we lose talent, the gifted players, uh, then ultimately the popularity of the game is going to be diminished. I mean, no one's well, going to no one's going to pay top dollar to go to Broadway uh, to go see a musical unless the, they're talented. You might go see your right. son or daughter or a niece or a nephew, <laughs> but you're yeah. not going to pay top dollar to go to a movie theater to go to to Broadway to go watch, you know, someone perform a vocalist. So the NCAA has to be sure they continue to make the game and the experience of being a student athlete attractive enough and inclusive enough to bring in enough of those new generation Larry Birds or Magic Johnsons. So it sounds like you you think you have confidence the leadership can handle this name and likeness uh, in in the correct manner because it sounds like that is the also the other big domino to fall in college hoops. Yeah, it appears that train is leaving the station, right? Okay. 
And it's not moving down the tracks, but it is definitely, you know, it's not moving down the tracks at a fast rate, but it is pulling away from the station. And I see that's something that's going to be here. And so it's how quickly does the NCAA adapt and adjust. And uh, it's going to be trial and error. You know, there's, there's, it's not going to be, you know, a perfect ascent. It's, it's going to take problem solving and uh, people that enjoy riddles and crossword puzzles (laughs) and are creative and left, right brain thinkers. Well, Uh, yeah, I'm sure you saw the G league offered the, a couple guys, uh, green and Kaminga big money. And I I'm a minority owner in an Australian basketball team, the breakers. And we got RJ Hampton who was, you know, ticketed to be a star in Texas because we're able to offer him a money sneaker deal. And, you know, eventually college hoops is probably going to have to cave and say, listen, we're going to have to let you guys profit uh, off your name and likeness. So you don't explore those other options. That's the million dollar question. You know, how, are athletes compensated, you know, for years, I've been saying that if we had the equivalent of a bank, but for the NCAA, that would grant dollars based on financial hardship and need, then we may not have had to get to this point, because now we're in the midst of a revolution. Uh, I'm not again, saying revolution like civil rights, uh, but, you know, in our own way, you know, on a, to a smaller degree, there is a revolution going on. And if you don't have evolution, we've learned you have revolution. Yeah. And so we didn't evolve quickly enough. Uh, The Olympics back in the eighties made some adjustments to the amateur model and allowed their athletes to create compensation you know, so they could put food on the table for their children while they were training to win gold medals when competing in the Olympics for our country. Um, but they they were probably even slow to change. Uh, but the NCAA, unfortunately, didn't move along quick enough. Uh, now we're beginning to because of this revolution and uh, what could happen in the courts. So uh, I think if we had had that NCAA bank, you know, and based on financial need, not the performance of a player, but instead, where is their need? Men's, women's, all sports, you know, when there's a need, you know, and you've got to get documentation, provide, you know, as a single parent, no parents, you know, tax returns, uh, just like you do when you go into any kind of bank, but this was would be an NCAA bank. And uh, because I think a lot of the issues, um, you know, some people, it was more about, you know, getting paid to play at a respective school, right? That's where we have the FBI situation of the past couple of years and the wiretaps and all of that. Uh, but I think the vast majority of scenarios with student athletes is just the basic hardship, you know, parents that are not employed, parents that don't have health insurance, parents that can't, you know, pay the rent or pay for the heat uh, through the winter. Uh, parents that can't afford to come to games to watch their children play uh, or yeah. compete at a high level. So, um, but but now the, the name, image, likeness, uh, that thing is moving down the tracks. And um, again, there'll be some trial and error and some troubleshooting for sure. Um, but I think just like the Olympics, uh, tweaking the amateur model is what's necessary. Yeah. 
Uh, he is Steve Lavin. You guys obviously know him from the sidelines, the announcing booth. He probably should open, I don't know, some kind of coaching school. I, I feel like I learned a lot from you, as usual, Steve. Uh, thanks a lot for the time, and uh, enjoy the uh, spring in San Francisco. I will. Always a pleasure. Let's do it again down the line. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Find your seat. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Save the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is.